0: The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. D.H. Lawrence, he wrote, The great virtue of courage is that which faces facts and moves beyond and allows us to live. So I recognize that against all odds against all conditions. Some of you, and maybe it's just me, but some of you have been up against perhaps a health challenge. Maybe it was a diagnosis. Maybe a financial situation, up against all odds, it felt like in the moment, or perhaps up against fear and up against doubt. So whatever that has been, I recognize in our human way of perceiving that we deal with those experiences all differently. And Ernest Holmes said this. He said, if God be for us, who can be against us? If God is all there is and the universe is one, then there is no power, presence, or law against the truth. One with the truth is a totality. So God knows no outside. God knows the inside. So that being, I feel, a true statement by a great spiritual genius, Ernest Holmes, if that is true, then all experiences where we half-bumped, and maybe it's just me, anybody else ever bump up against a condition in here? (laughs) You know, bump up a condition or two, Um, it it can bruise us. Emotionally, it can bruise us. And I just want to ask you, has anyone ever uh, said to you that you're not enough or you'll never make it in life? Well, I want to share a little story. Um, Going through school... Was not always the easiest thing for me, and um, golly, I remember my mom, bless her heart. She used to always say, "Just you got to just fill your day with love, Patty." And I don't want to go to school. Well, you got to fill your day with love, and I want you over and over again to just say love, 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 love. So many times, opening the school door walking into the school silently, I'd be, love, 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 love. (laughs) And I have suggested that to many people, especially going into a courtroom. Love, 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 love. (laughs) Well, I remember my grandmother, a good woman. She used to say to me when I was really tiny, she'd say, Patty, if God is for you, who can be against you? And throughout my life, even as an adult, I'll say that to myself from time to time. Is If God is for you, Patty, who can be against you? And a little story, um, I was a senior in high school, made it all the way as a senior and was proud of it. And I went into the uh, counselor's office that dealt with uh, setting you up to go to college and this type of thing. My family had the money to send me to college. And so I said to this career counselor guy, I said, you know, um, I'm here because I want to go to college and someone told me to come here and you can help me. And this is a true story. He started laughing. What? He started laughing. And then he said, you're not qualified to go to college and you'll never make it. You'll never make it. And I remember, <laughs> yeah, I remember the um, beautiful day when I received my master's degree. <laughs> and I remember that proud smile on my mom's face. And I said, if God is for you, who can be against you? So I lived that, and I believed that with all my heart, And I also know that many of us have been wounded as a child. And sometimes in that woundedness, um, it's an experience that can, it can, doesn't have to, but it can trap us into the experience. It can become our story. Many times it can trap us into a little box. Sometimes it feels like a little steel box. But someone put a lid on it, And then you tied a pretty bow on it and said, I'm really okay. So a lot of times people will pack around those wounds or those sayings or those inflections. And it was, uh, I believe, Jean Houston, she said, the wounding of childhood requires acknowledgement and healing, but holiness survives, and though we may be threatened and damaged by others, our essence our essence can remain steadfast and strong. So many of you, I recognize, have overcome the odds. You have overcome the conditions. And I recognize that many times when you fill out a prayer request here and take it to the counter in the lobby, that a lot of times... Just letting go, recognizing there's something greater around you, in and through you, that's working in your behalf, the prayer is answered. I've seen that through the years, being a part of the ministry of prayer here. And I also recognize as Stephanie Sparkles, do you love that name, Stephanie Sparkles? I'm sure she does sparkle. I found this on Facebook, and I'm just hoping she's a part of this congregation, because I'm quoting her. I love when people who have been through hell walk out of the flame carrying a bucket of water. Isn't that good? And I see many of you carrying buckets of water to share and to cleanse yourself and to nurture yourself and to be in that light for other people. So I'm grateful for that. Because I know we can overcome. Last week when uh, the monks were here, which was a wonderful, wonderful energy to have here in our center, wasn't it great? Oh, it just touched the depth of my soul. And they had a little book, and I, I bought it, and on the cover of the book, this is written by the Dalai Lama, he wrote, Never give up. Develop the heart. Too much energy is spent developing the mind instead of the heart. In fact, he made the statement, too much energy is spent developing the mind instead of the heart in your country. No matter what is happening, never give up. Develop the heart. Be compassionate. And last week, Reverend Josh gave such a dynamic sermon on compassion and kindness. So the Dalai Lama says, "Um, be compassionate, not just to our friends, but to everyone. Be compassionate. Work for peace in your heart and in the world. Work for peace. And I say again, never give up. No matter what is happening, no matter what is going on around you, never give up. Hmm. So I have seen the flame of courage. And the root word of courage refers to the heart. And to be able to open our hearts in courage to work with whatever's before us and to recognize that there's a greater power and it's inside, it's outside, it's above and below and all around about. And it's there to support our highest good. And we recognize that Mark Twain said, courage is the resistance to fear. It's the mastery of fear. It's not the absence of fear, because fear has been defined as false evidence appearing real. And oh, I know when it's right, the experience is right in our life, it's really real, seems so real. But, and that's exactly what we need to get out of the way, is the but, to be able to raise above into a realization of what is really real. And I underline real. What is the God life? Is it for somebody else? Is it God out on a cloud? Or it is that God life that lives within each one of us? Each one of you, I want you to just Place your awareness right now with your breath. Just, ah, oh, yeah. Michael Beck taught me this years ago. He said, You have a large crowd, touch your breath, and everything comes as one. Because there's one life, and that one breath, and that breath is light itself. And each one of you, you are connected to an invisible umbilical cord of light. So the presence of spirit is always, always there. So Ernest Holmes said, facts are fluid and that we can dissolve that negative thinking. Oh, I know a lot of times that negative thinking, it's always in the human realm. It's not in the spiritual aspect. It's in the human that beats us up with all the shoulds and have-tos and I could it and I would it. Those are futile questions. Stop saying I should or I have to or I could have. Dissolve those. And dissolve those into that flame of truth. Little story. I have permission to share this because it's about goes back many years now, a mile higher. I was called to the Denver Health by a chaplain, to come pray and be with a gentleman who had been crushed in a construction accident. So I prepared my little mind, you know, so I wouldn't freak out with seeing a condition. And he had been crushed. But as I entered and was present with him in prayer, I remember sensing and knowing a voice said, his spiritual body is whole, complete, and perfect. His spiritual body, of who he really is, has never been harmed. So I prayed in that essence of unification that we were all one, that his spiritual body was being infused into his physical body. And I stayed with that prayer. And that man walks this campus. So the infusion of what is really real is important for each one of us. That's why we come here to learn and to live that spiritual truth. So liberation comes from truly seeing ourselves as individual manifestations of divine consciousness. So what does it take for us to move? To be able to really live that spiritual truth. And if there's anyone out there right now going, she's talking to everybody else, but she doesn't get what I'm dealing with. Well, Mimi, I do. So listen, put ears on your hearts, because everything you are is of spirit. Everything. You know, a lot of times we see God as a grandpa out on the cloud. I was lucky because I always had a great grandpa, but some people haven't. And so over spiritual maturity, we're all kind of reframing and sensing what this God life really is. I sense it as harmonic love because it's a harmony. It's an order of harmony. And when I was a little kid, I heard that God was love. Harmonic love. That's my new definition of God right now. Harmonic love. So we don't beseech God. We don't beg. We don't get down on our knees. Please forgive me. Because forgiveness is just to stop blaming ourselves and stop blaming others. What was it two weeks ago, Dr. Michelle, her great sermon on forgiveness, and many of you are Following with her series. So it's that presence within. I believe it was Hazrat Khan, the great Sufi master, he gave a definition of forgiveness. He said, Every day sweep the hearth of your heart of everything but beauty, and to be in that place. So I want to share a little story. Um, last service was the first time I ever shared this story, I want to take out a little pouch because it's about this little prayer pouch. It's about these prayer medals. Many, many years ago now, there was a young man who, from what I heard, uh, never entered a church. Perhaps his spirituality came to him through nature. And unfortunately, living a good life, Then it was the call to enlist, World War War II just broke out. So he went down and he enlisted in the U.S. Army. And when the family had heard this, that he was going overseas, that his wife's auntie, who was a devout Catholic, ran to her cathedral and had her priest bless these little medals. Gave it to him. He received him. He loved the little auntie. It was so kind of her to do this. And he must have put it in his pocket or in his pants, trousers, or whatever. He was stationed in the high mountains of Italy. He was an army scout crawling on his belly in the mud. And he had shared that there was times where miraculous things would happen that he didn't quite understand guidance, like, go this way, no, go this way. But unfortunately he was hit by enemy fire and his helmet crashed into his head, into his brain. And his leg was severely um, damaged also. So this incredible miracle person had six brain surgeries before he ever came back to the state of Colorado. One was in an army tent alongside of the mountain and he shared that when he was in italy that the pope came to the hospital to bless all the soldiers and he thought oh i could have this little pouch blessed and the auntie will love it that the pope actually blessed her little medals well he came back to colorado another year in a hospital his doctors called him a miracle man. Because he came back fully with his full intelligence. He learned to walk again. Well, that man was my father. And thank you. and as a little girl, he was the one that would take my little hand. We had a church down on our corner, down over in North Denver and walk me to Sunday school every Sunday. And um, there was a presence about him. He never missed a Sunday. So there was something that took place when he was in the midst of adversity. He and my mom and I were baptized the summer before he died. And um, He never shared these stories, but my mom shared the stories after his passing. She shared the stories about the little medals. I never saw the little medals. But I always thought that perhaps she buried him with those medals. And then years after that, I was cleaning out her home, packing up all her things. And it was late one night. I was there all by myself. And I opened the drawers, the little box, and it spoke to me. And I opened the box, and this pouch of these medals was wrapped in a lace handkerchief. And I opened them, and I looked at them, and I said, they're the medals. See, as a kid, I always thought that they were probably around his neck like on a dog tag with identification. But somewhere along that path, someone made sure but the medals stayed with him. So I share this story. The power of prayer. And can you imagine, many times we do this here, when we get a prayer request, there's many practitioners praying. So no doubt during World War II or all the other conflicts that we've had, there's a lot of candles burning. There's people standing tall and knowing a spiritual truth for one another. So the power of prayer, it can can climb mountains and it can lift mountains, it can pierce mountains. So there's another aspect that we need to remember, and that's the power of believing. It's done unto us as we believe. And I recognize that a lot of times when we cling to that which does not serve us, we suffer. And so to be able to cling to what does serve us is very, very important in our world. A silly little story to kind of lighten up the atmosphere in here. (laughs) Many years ago, when I first received my first little CJ5 Jeep, and oh, how I love that little Jeep. And my brother had a Jeep at the time, and so he said, Patty, there's a lot of responsibility owning a Jeep. And there is. So he took me out to the Light and Mind out here by Boulder, and he ran me through all the gears and whatnot, and changed a tire, and put chains on a tire. We did just about everything. And then he set me at the base of the little hill out there, and he said to me, "Uh, Okay. Now, take us up that hill back down it. And I remember I looked at him and of course he's smoking one cigarette after another. He's probably a little nervous. But I I looked at him and I said, do you think the jeep can do this? And he said, the jeep can. Can you? Wow. That's all I needed to hear. Whew. Up the hill I went. So whatever hill might be in front of us, whatever our pathway is, to believe that you can. You know from the beautiful movie Sound of Music, that beautiful, beautiful song, climb every mountain, forge every stream, follow every byway till you find your dream. I remember they sang that at my first wedding. They sang that at my ordination. And I'm still climbing mountains, still climbing mountains. So it's done unto us as we believe. So that's so important to turn from what has been fear and come back to that place of love. I've heard so many people up against the odds of a diagnosis. Once they can go in for their chemo and they can love that golden liquid coming through their veins. They put the words love on the little bag, on the little bottle, and it changes everything for them. It changes their experience. Another p- uh, point is determination. It's good we have prayer, because prayer is a communion. It is that holy breath that is breathing, it is a communion. It's good that we believe. and in our human realm we're always going to have determination. And I think about the salmon that uh, race up the mountain streams, that there's a lot of wisdom that the salmon teach each one of us about how to persevere and how to move forward. Here's a picture of one of them right now, and they defy gravity swimming those waterfalls, and they move from a place of their underside to their point right here, and then to their tail. And they kind of twist, I think we'll have a slide of them twisting, but they twist themselves, and they launch themselves onto the water, and it bounces them on up. It sounds kind of tough to me, but it's an incredible metaphor for life, isn't it? They survive, and they allow that water to carry them, and they know exactly where to move and how to twist and how to jump. So that's really important because the salmon, they do it again and again and again and again. So life is asking us to again and again and again, not to fall into our old selves, Not to go into depletion, but to rise in that place of knowing who we truly are. And I don't care what color your skin is, your culture, your religion, we're all one. We're all one in that spiritual essence. So I would like to conclude by sharing once again Ernest Holmes. Through spiritual discernment we see that we have within us a power which is greater than anything we shall ever contact, a power that can overcome every obstacle in our experience, and it can set us safe, satisfied, and at peace, healed and prosperous, and a new light, and a new life. If God be for us, Who can be against us? If God is for us, what can be against us? So there's only harmonic love. So I ask that as we step forward through this day, through this coming week, that we step forward with a sense of determination, that we step forward with a prayer upon our hearts, And we step forward believing and recognizing that everything we are is of spirit. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church Podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, text 720-230-1404 or visit us at milehighchurch.org.